Hi, this is Dominic Pace from the new Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. Welcome to episode 34 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? Welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and we are recording this episode on Monday, November 11th, 2019. Uh, We've got some great reviews later in this episode of Grand Rapids Comic Con 2019, which took place this past weekend uh, from November 8th through the 10th. And uh, they did have a few guests that were uh, very specific to Star Wars, including Paul Blake, the man who played Greedo in the original Star Wars film back in 1977, as well as Tom Kane, who is the voice talent behind the animated series Master Yoda and uh, the voice of Admiral Akbar as well. So uh, we've got some great information about the two of them. Also got the opportunity to listen into a seminar on Timothy Zahn or by Timothy Zahn, uh, where he was talking about writing for a franchise and, and all the pitfalls that that entails. But primarily he was talking about uh, writing for the Star Wars universe. So uh, if you're a fan of Thrawn or a fan of our episodes on Thrawn, I would definitely stick around to listen to that. But prior to getting into all that information. Uh, I did have the opportunity this past week to talk to actor Dominic Pace, and Dominic has been around for quite some time. Uh, He's been acting since the age of 18, uh, but he has recently gotten a break. He is going to be playing a bounty hunter within the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, which is coming out tomorrow. Uh, We're actually just a few hours away from the release of that series. I think many of us are very excited about that, and Dominic, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that it was probably the opportunity of a lifetime for you. Oh, without question. You know, I've been a lifelong Star Wars fan. I've been a character actor for over 20 years. And I I really can't put this in any other category other than just a childhood dream come true. Um, It it has been absolutely amazing. The last three days uh, have been absolutely insane in terms of the emails and the the texts and such. And uh, I'm just uh, absorbing it all. And I can't tell you how grateful I am for the entire Star Wars community for being supportive of this uh, side character bounty hunter. I'm really uh, honored. Yeah, we're super appreciative with you uh, or for you coming on with us this week. It was uh, a bit of a trial and tribulation. We had recorded last week and we had some issues with the audio. So, uh, again, stand up guy coming back on again. Really appreciate that. And I know it's uh, another cut out of your time. So it's very, uh, very much appreciated. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we get started, we've got uh, what we call our Jedi trial. So we're going to run through a set of five questions. They're probably going to sound super familiar to you, um, but uh, we'll go through them anyway. Uh, Try to do this with all our guests. So uh, we'll start out with what's your favorite Star Wars movie or show? Star Wars movie, favorite one is uh, Empire Strikes Back, hands down. 
uh, whether it's the mythology and the teachings of Yoda, uh, which has inspired me to pursue this career and to always be persistent with it, or the relationship between the uh, the father and the son. I came from a broken home. My father and I, we get along so well now, but when you're a kid, you kind of have that angst. Uh, you know, as to why the, the divorce happened, why the separation happened, and then kind of that distance between father and son. But you also combine just a beautiful story arc within episode five, which comes from somewhere and it's going somewhere. Uh, it just is uh, ultimately my favorite, and not to mention the, the talents of Ford, Fisher, and Hamill, which I think was the glue that stuck everything together. Uh, you can't do Star Wars without them. The charisma and just the energy that they brought to our series our beloved series is just second to none. Absolutely. And uh, I know you've made some comments in the past about Harrison Ford and how you look at him as an actor. Uh, certainly he was the one that uh, took those two younger actors and kind of uh, kept them under his wing for that uh, entire time filming the original trilogy. And you can really see that. Uh, not to mention, it sounds like he did quite a bit to help save some of the dialogue that Lucas had written during those uh, during those films. Oh, wow. Amazing. Well, you know, there's a lot of talk now and, and with the women's movement. I think it's amazing in terms of empowering our daughters, empowering women uh, all throughout and and, and teaching them uh, respect and, and having them give respect. Um, but there's nothing, you know, that I look more, at least coming from a boy's standpoint, than an alpha male. And Harrison was that. I, he, You know, whether it's Indiana Jones or Air Force One or Jack Ryan or Han Solo, uh, he was always that inspiration for me, just like Brie Larson might be that for a, for a young girl. So uh, he was just uh, such a, a, a childhood idol and uh, somebody I look up to these days as well. Yeah, excellent. Uh, certainly the fact that he was able to carry off that that character of Han Solo, he just kind of had that cocky casualness. You totally bought the character and that, you know, he just had that charisma on screen uh, and you just couldn't help but like his character. Absolutely, without question. All right, so uh, we'll go from there into uh, who's your favorite Star Wars character? Uh, it's a toss-up between Han Solo for the reasons that we mentioned. And then also, as a boy, I mean, how cool was it to play with a, a figure with a jetpack? Boba Fett was just beyond, uh, you know, in terms of just the helmet, uh, the colors of his gear, and just the rocket, the little jetpack there, I mean, was just priceless. Not to mention the Slave One, which I thought was such a cool ship. Uh, the whole thing was just, uh, I, I, I bought into the whole package. So as far as just otherworldly, I would say Boba Fett. But just as far as overall Star Wars character, uh, Han Solo to me is, is just a ground zero there. Yeah, and we're going to get into it as we kind of dive into uh, your work on The Mandalorian. But certainly, you know, bounty hunters always had that allure, I think. Uh, they were mysterious. They were uh, just, you could just tell they carried themselves with that that assuredness that they knew exactly what they were about and they knew exactly how they were going to track down their mark. And uh, looking forward to seeing some of that from you within The Mandalorian. Very excited, very excited, yeah. So there should be some cool little featured shots, and uh, uh, I can't tell you how grateful I am. It's It's been uh, just a, such a dream come true. Very cool. Yeah, so uh, who would your favorite droid in the Star Wars, uh, you know, mythos be? You know, it's it's funny. There was a, uh, a droid that was fixing Luke. I just loved the look of the figure when I was a kid, and I believe the name was uh, 2-1-B. Yep. It was that, is that yeah, that was, I just, there was something sleek and, and, and smooth about that, that droid that I thought was so cool. Even the face, uh, I just thought it was the coolest uh, color. It was kind of like an aqua tone and such. Um, so that, to me, was the coolest. Of course, you know, how do you not love R2 and 3PO? But at the same time, there was just something about that figure that really popped out at me when I was a kid. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he did, He was another one of those characters that you would see on the periphery of certain scenes. And uh, they never really went much into detail about it. But that's kind of one of the things I like to do with our podcast is kind of pick some of those ancillary characters and uh, go into them. Because certainly there are people like yourself that 
you know, cat, they catch your eye and you just kind of want to know a little bit more about them. So, uh, that is very topical for our podcast. All right. So the next one, uh, the next question I've got for you is what was your favorite star Wars toy or, uh, collectible as an adult? Uh, I, I, well, if I can answer both, um, to me, it was just hours of entertainment with the Millennium Falcon. I mean, it just, it was just this big, you know, ship. It's obviously with Solo and, and Chewbacca's there, but just, you had the back port. I I always uh, make a joke that if I ever hit the lottery, I wanted to get a life-size Millennium Falcon in my backyard so that I can, uh, have like a kind of like a man cave back there. But as a kid, it was just great to just kind of set up and, you know, pose Leia and pose Luke in the back and such around the, that little kind of chessboard thing. I don't know exactly what the, the correct terminology was for it, but that to me was just priceless. Um, as far as today, um, I got a Luke Skywalker si- uh, lightsaber from Icons about 15 years ago, one of those 10,000 uh, only made. And to me, that just sort of represents uh, the whole story. You know, within the lightsaber there, you know, you have the beautiful arc of Luke, uh, the energy and the power of good and light, and also the coolness of Star Wars through that lightsaber. So uh, the Icons, uh, Luke Skywalker lightsaber is my favorite of all time. Yeah, uh, the, the lightsabers, uh, there's something about being able to hold those in your hand. I mean, the haft of them and uh, just the fact that it was such a, an iconic part of the whole Star Wars trilogy. Uh, I know that, you know, you got movies like Rogue One where you you don't see hardly a lightsaber within it, and it's still a wonderful movie, but uh, the lightsabers were always a, a huge piece of what drew, I think, a lot of people to the films early on. So completely understand why that would be uh, a big piece of it. And certainly the Millennium Falcon, to actually have those play sets as a kid where you could actually open them up and get inside of them and, uh, you know, have the characters live inside there, I think it would make an excellent man cave. So, and, I, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you got to say when you get a chance to go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at some point here in the future. Oh, God, it's going to be a great trip with the family. Uh, We're thinking about maybe celebrating in January with that and uh, to see it life-size for the first time. uh, I saw briefly, it was kind of a smaller version. Uh, They had the premiere of Solo outside of uh, the El Capitan uh, a couple of years ago, but it it just uh, didn't really do it justice, and it was kind of a different form uh, versus the original Falcon there. So, yeah, really excited to see what Disney did over there and, and looking forward to taking my two sons and my wife. Yeah, they will have an excellent time. I can tell you from personal experience, certainly out at Disneyland, I'm looking forward to checking out the one down at Walt Disney World in uh, December. I think we're going to be down there. So that's going to be a great time as well. Oh, very exciting. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so the last question I've got for you is, what's your favorite Star Wars memory uh, that you have? Um, you know, being raised by a single mother, my mom didn't have much. And um, there was one time in 1983, of course, I saw Empire Strikes Back in the theater. But in 83, I remember her just kind of being a little bit budgeted in terms of money. We could not afford concessions. And she wanted to make sure that she uh, that I got to see Return of the Jedi the first weekend. So to me, that was just such a special memory. That was also the first time I ever heard an applause in the theater. And it was so magical uh, to, to have heard that, um, you know, after Luke saves the day with the skiff. Uh, after defeating everybody on this gift, all those fun-looking side characters that I love to collect. Um, but that, to me, was uh, one of the most, my, my cherished memories uh, just of the past, just because my mother, it just kind of represents how she always did everything everything she could to provide for my sister and I, and at the same time, give me a childhood full of imagination and dreams, and what a, a beautiful job of George Lucas and John Williams and his entire cast and crew had, had done there. Yeah, it's an excellent point about parenting as well. I mean, whether you have all the money in the world and, and can buy your kids stuff or not, uh, there are those experiences that are going to be special and that they're going to remember years and years and years down the road. So uh, certainly great that that's a wonderful part of your childhood. Yeah, absolutely. And I try to do that in terms of paying it forward now 
to my two sons. You know, sometimes we don't have much. I've been a blue collar actor for 20 plus years, but anything I can do. One time, my son is a diehard Dodger fan, and there were very, very expensive seats behind home plate, but he kept itching for him, and uh, he's been such a good kid. So we got a really good booking. I booked a commercial. Uh, so finally, I was able to take him down, afford to take him down uh, to get these dugout club seats where it was all fully catered and right behind home plate. So I, I'd like to believe that the boys will remember those memories uh, with their dad as well there. I certainly think they will. Awesome. Well, that's all I got for you for the uh, the Jedi Trials questions. So you have passed with flying colors. I think we can move on to the rest of the interview. And uh, first, one of the few Mandalorians that have ever made it into the order, right? You got your uh, Mando yeah. gear on as we speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> team Mandalorian, Team Star Wars, Team Disney. It's uh, It's been just, uh, like I said, a dreamlike year there for me. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what your kids think about that. I mean, they've got to think it's pretty cool that their dad's got a, a part of a Star Wars franchise, uh, you know, but whether it's a show or not, uh, it's still, God, it looks better than a lot of the movies I've seen. Yeah, I think this will be really magical. You know, I've done a ton of crime dramas. I've guest starred on shows like NYPD Blue, The District, uh, Cold Case, NCIS LA, NCIS. But uh, ultimately, I mean, for kids, when they see you, yeah, it's cool, but it's nothing compared to seeing their dad, uh, you know, in, in a fantasy world. My son, my youngest, just paid me the greatest compliment I could have ever asked, and he did it through a gesture. I didn't even realize I'm just passing the uh, kitchen table the other day, and uh, he's a diehard Dodger fan, and he switched out his Dodger his favorite Dodger player, Cody Bellinger, for a screenshot of my uh, beautiful illustration of somebody who did my character. So I thought that was just really uh, a great honor for me as a dad to uh, to see my son uh, get, put me on his uh, on his phone there. Yeah, that's a big deal for most of those kids as well. Uh, that phone is is one of their prized possessions, right? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so he's uh, big and the Jake Paul and the Logan Paul and all that. So. He's on it uh, quite often when he's not playing baseball. Nice. Well, now he's got something else to brag to the kids at school about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. My dad's a bounty hunter. <laughs> oh, that's <Bullis> right. <laughs> not to mention a visually striking character as well. So uh, looking forward to seeing how that pans out and seeing you in some of the uh, the action sequences. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brian Seip, uh, he's a, one of the legends over at uh, Legacy Effects, and he was the one who uh, designed the character uh, loosely based off of a, a model, uh, two years, he, uh, he did a, a model of uh, two years prior uh, that was similar to a gecko. It was a, a young uh, female that he uh, dressed up with these two humps on her head and uh, put a gecko uh, for a photo that was like uh, sponsoring Greenpeace, I think over in Georgia. And that was his original inspiration. So uh, I owe it to Brian. He's kind of like my, uh, I'm his Frankenstein to Dr. Frankenstein. So I'm sort of his creation with this Mandalorian, at least one of the many that he's done. Um, but uh, it was just such an honor to be under his knife, so to speak. And uh, uh, what a beautiful uh, character it is, not to mention the, uh, the costume designer, Richard A. Pora, uh, did uh, the design in terms of the clothes and then also the face mask, which I think is so bounty hunter-ish in terms of uh, having, you know, kind of that, that uh, imposing and also kind of mysterious look about you uh, to have the whole, you know, part of your face covered as opposed to everything just kind of being open and happy there. Yeah, there's definitely a parallel between you and the character Bane from the uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, certainly, you know, having a big imposing guy with that face gear on uh, just takes that character to another level. I think that character would have looked, from, you know, just wonderful without that, but that really makes him look just that much more imposing. Yeah, I think six foot four, 260 pounds, you know, I, I think Dengar and and, ba and uh, Bosk and Forlom and Zookas, I think they all seem to be average height with Boba. Uh, so I think uh, besides IG-88, I don't think I'm taller than IG-11, but uh, 
I think to have a six foot four Bonnie Hunter, hopefully Hasbro and, and Funko Pop will be really turned on to creating that character with the uh, action figures there. Yeah, I'm certainly committed to kind of pushing that campaign. I figure if the guys over at Tatooine Sons can get a Porg name, then uh, should be the least I can do for the Star Wars franchise than to get. Uh, a, yeah. Terrific. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got the opportunity to play this character? Absolutely. You know, I've been a blue collar actor. And what I mean by that is I take any job. I have no shame in terms of if I have to, uh, you know, work for a moving company or I have to, you know, work in a restaurant, whatever I have to do in order to support my family. This is not a diva like business for me. It never has been. I've been very fortunate to be in over 100 TV and film shows uh, over the course of my 20 plus year career as a principal actor. Uh, that takes a tremendous amount of work if you do not have a series regular. Um, so this was a simple makeup test. And for me, I don't turn down work. Whatever it is, I will do it. I will do it in order to put food on the table for my family. There is no shame in that whatsoever. Uh, this was a simple makeup test. I was not given the information as far as what the project was, whether there was a promise as to whether I would do the job uh, ever again, whether there was going to be a job. Um, but I happened to be meet Brian Seif of Legacy Effects on that day. Uh, I was in his chair patiently for six hours, six to seven hours, where they split my face in two. They had different um, color schemes and different prosthetics they wanted to test out. I had previous experience with prosthetics on Van Helsing, uh, starring Hugh Jackman. I was photo doubling and standing in for uh, uh, um, Frankenstein. And then also I was on Bright with Will Smith. I was one of the orcs. So I had a tremendous amount of patience with it. It didn't make me claustrophobic. Uh, and again, no ego, no attitude. I, I, I really emphasize that in terms of young actors looking to get involved in the business to really, your, your greatest business card is when you book a role or when you book a job on any level and showing that you're easy to work with. So not only did Brian hire me, but also at the same time, when I got into the makeup trailer after I was in complete shock, <laughs> once I finally found out what it was, uh, he told me he wanted to give me the most extensive makeup, which in turn has led to this really badass looking bounty hunter. Um, and the rest is history. You know, it was a, a 10 day shoot. Uh, I had a dream of a lifetime to where, uh, just like Samuel Jackson got to pick out his own lightsaber, I was uh, presented with a table full of blasters. And I wish I could have taken every Star Wars fan and put them into my body and my mind at that time, because I know that every Star Wars fan would have loved not only to have been in the universe, but also to be able to pick out your own blaster uh, was just priceless. And of course, six foot four, 260 pounds, I felt like the blaster picked me. It was just this big semi-automatic with a, a paintball canister in the back, a curved dagger. Uh, so it was just an amazing experience all, all around. But uh, ultimately, it started with a simple makeup test. Uh, the other advice I can give to artists or uh, people that want to aspire to, to get into Star Wars is you just never know what the opportunity might bring in terms of taking work. Uh, so you have to just take it. You never know who you're going to meet and you never know where it's going to go after that. Yeah, I think that's an excellent story and uh, an excellent point you're making about how really it was, you know, you being willing to take that work and the patience that you showed in that makeup chair for, you know, six, seven hours, whatever it was, uh, clearly made an impression. And uh, certainly, you know, again, you couldn't you couldn't have asked for this type of a role. Uh, and it's just wonderful to see that you get that opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm honored. Uh, you know, it's one of these things where I'm at the point in my life to where I'm very grateful. You know, a lot of people have been asking me, hey, so what's next? And I, I've been so fortunate. I've got a, a handful of uh, guest stars and, and starring roles coming up in a few uh, independent films. But also at the same time, for me, this was such a gift that I just want to pay it forward to specifically the Star Wars community. Uh, first of all, for having my back and being so supportive of a, of a featured side character where the show hasn't even come out. 
I can't even tell you uh, how grateful I am of the outpouring of support from even illustrators who want to just draw the character and, and help me out in terms of just spreading the word. Uh, it just means so much. So it makes my heart want to give more. Um, and I've been so fortunate to be in touch with certain members of the 501st uh, Legion, as well as the Mandalorian Mercs, where we're going to look into uh, donating autographs uh, for hopefully uh, amazing causes throughout the country and throughout the world to where we can help others. Yeah, I noticed that at San Diego Comic-Con, you were doing some charity work with the 501st. Uh, certainly yeah. those fan organizations are wonderful in the work that they do with a lot of uh, charities out there, and great to see you getting involved in that as well. Absolutely, yeah. I had a, uh, a signed lightsaber from Daisy Ridley, which uh, was able to raise close to $1,000 that night. It was a San Diego uh, Comic-Con disco ball for the uh, for the 501st uh, Legion in Southern California. Uh, so I was really happy to raise that for them for their uh, their causes throughout their community and uh, expect for expect uh, much more in 2020, uh, without question. Yeah, terrific. It uh, looks like you've got a big week coming up next week. You've got a uh, guest appearance on 911, I believe, and then the uh, Mandalorian getting released on the 12th. Really cool guest star. It's uh, kind of anybody who's into UFC and loves Ronda Rousey. It's a really cool guest star on Fox 911 on uh, November 11th, I believe, during primetime. And then, of course, uh, that'll be our first featured uh, appearance aside from the trailer in uh, The Mandalorian. And then look out for me uh, over the next uh, couple episodes there as well. So uh, I couldn't ask for more. I'm going to go on a little bit of a uh, media tour. My mother, again, who I owe so much to, she's going to be meeting me in Rhode Island. There was a podcaster who was helping me out with previous uh, projects. And I said, you know, I wanted to fly out and meet him in person just to thank him and to celebrate with my mother in Providence, Rhode Island uh, between November 14th and the 17th. So really looking forward to that trip and to buy dinner for mom and, and uh, take care of her for the weekend. And uh, just thank her for everything that she's done for me in order to have the heart and the soul to pursue this business, which has been so difficult over the years there. I can, I can believe it. It sounds like you started, uh, you started in the business uh, at the age of 18, correct? 18, I was pounding the pavement in New York. Um, there has never been one day that's been easy. I knew when I left college, I dropped out after my freshman year. I told my mom, she knew I wasn't gonna be sitting on the couch just uh, coming up with pipe dreams. But there has never been a day that has been easy in terms of you know having to balance the odd jobs, plus with studying the craft, and at the same time pursuing the art. And I like to believe that my IMDb over the last 20 years, even though I'm not a, a household name, certainly shows my per persistence. And I think I've earned the respect as a professional actor uh, after so many years in terms of the hustle uh, and the dedication that has taken not only on the East Coast, but also on the West Coast for the past 20 years. Yeah, well, with that work ethic and humility, I think uh, making you a household, uh, household name would be uh, probably a good thing. It's a good example for a lot of people to follow. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank for, you. For sure. Uh, so, you know, when you when you got the opportunity to play this bounty hunter, you know, what 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 kind of uh, reaction did you have to that? What what feelings were going through your your brain at that time? Uh, I, I was sort of anxious. It's almost like having the lottery ticket in your hand. I've been cut out of certain scenes. Uh, I had a guest star opposite one of my idols, Charles Palminteri, in 2004 for a show called Dr. Vegas. And the reason I bring that up is because as much as I wanted to enjoy the experience on set, at the same time, you want to make sure that that camera's hitting you so that you can be iconic and, and be immortalized within the Star Wars universe. So for the first couple of days, I remember my makeup took a little longer as well as my costume, and then going and grabbing my blaster, I actually was not placed um, until later on during that day to where I was able to at least have a sigh of relief knowing that I was going to be seen at one point and have my bounty hunter uh, featured. But as the days progressed, uh, there was an amazing director, and her career is rising as we speak, uh, by the name of Deborah Chow, they had to do a cut to where uh, they let about 10 people go home for the following week. And I was fortunate enough to make that cut. 
And uh, what proceeded after that was uh, some pretty amazing scenes that I'm a part of uh, for a future episode of The Mandalorian. And uh, uh, that, to me, was where I was able to breathe a little bit more of a sigh of relief, just the fact that I knew that I was going to be seen and featured. And not to mention, you know, it's one thing to be seen in Star Wars, but for every boy and girl, when you're a kid and you're imagining as a child, uh, you know, sort of playing, you know, whether you're a Han Solo or whether you're a Sith or whether you're a bounty hunter, uh, it's about kind of kind of cops and robbers and fun action. And I've been fortunate enough to do a handful of stunts throughout my career uh, and action sequences, but nothing compared to being part of something like that in Star Wars. So just hang tight and uh, I hope everything came out and the shots came out the way that I hope they did. But uh, that to me is just obviously uh, the biggest dream. Uh, I could have ever asked for in terms of being involved in action. Yeah, and I will point out to our listeners that uh, if you want to get a, a chance to see Dominic and his character, uh, that second trailer that they put out for The Mandalorian, he uh, is in one of the shots, and it looks like a cantina. You're kind of featured with a couple other characters there. Uh, so definitely go check that out. He is definitely a visually striking character. Um, you know, I know that uh, they they modified the design of uh, the head. You know, you said that it was humps on the initial one, and they, they made it more horns. Uh, I think that certainly is more visually imposing, uh, but you definitely, uh, you know, the the camera can't help but capture you. You're you're just an imposing guy, uh, and that character is so visually striking. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, it, just like I said, the whole experience. And and, and let me add again on day one, uh, just something that was so priceless. And again, when you're on a professional set, you can't really, you know, a hobnob or, or, or schmooze around. But I was so honored. Uh, within those cantina walls was uh, none other than George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy uh, talking with John Favreau and David Filoni. And it was just such an honor to be amongst their presence uh, as a lifelong Star Wars fan, as a character actor, uh, and also just to be part of this $100 plus million budget uh, that was just uh, obviously attributed uh, mostly to, uh, to Lucas. He was obviously the god and the pioneer of, uh, of everything that we dream about in terms of the, uh, the, the, the franchise there. Yeah, the the shots that I've seen of the uh, the Mandalorian are just amazing, uh, incredible. The amount of money that they've spent on these episodes, and I certainly would say that in some ways this is almost better than getting a Star Wars film because uh, they have that much more runway to explain these stories and to feature some of these characters. And uh, definitely hoping things pan out for you with your character getting some great shots within those episodes. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, yes, like I said, I, it can be more priceless. Uh, we've been booking up comic conventions already, uh, just kind of pre-planning uh, for 2020. And uh, it would just be a dream to be able to tour the world, uh, literally tour the world and meet fellow Star Wars fans and be able to hopefully touch their lives in a positive way. That, uh, to me, would be so rewarding next year uh, if we could go ahead and book that up, which we have been doing uh, quite consistently for at least January and February there. Terrific. And I'm going to try to get some of the uh, photos that you've released uh, out on our feed so that folks can see those. I know that you're going to have some merchandise available. You're doing some signings uh, and we'll put links out there for folks to find that as well. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, worth it to support you and your character. And uh, like I said, I'd love to get a movement going to, to get a character made uh, that I could stick on the shelf here behind me. Uh, I'm trying to build up some, some additional, uh, some of the more recent Star Wars uh, merchandise merchandise i've already got my mandalorian up there so uh, we got a spot right there for gecko or whatever this character is going to be named absolutely absolutely thank you so much and like i said i appreciate your support and all your listeners without question yeah is there uh, anything else that you'd want to point out to the fans out there uh, about your experience on the mandalorian or anything related uh, to that uh, I, I mean, just uh, again, just an overall appreciation for the side character. You know, I mean, this I, I just want to compliment the listeners, to be honest. I mean, again, 
You know, there's so much negativity in the world right now, whether it's social or political issues. And to have this franchise, whether you're passionate or you're, you're dislike an episode or you dislike maybe one series or another, uh, but just to see the togetherness uh, as a whole, from people from all different walks of life, uh, to be able to really truly feel that is almost a little side center point uh, it's just been beyond words for me. And I just want to uh, let them know that I'm going to continue on to add to that good faith and that good spirit that uh, Star Wars is, has been able to give us for so many, uh, 44 plus years now. So I'm just honored to be a part of the family and to be accepted with open arms. And just know that I, I on social media, uh, will always be available to you guys as well. And if there's a hard time or maybe somebody's going through a difficult time, and, you know, of course, I have to charge for the autographs and such uh, for most uh, cases, but if it's a little video or an audio I can send to somebody, uh, to me, that just means the world to cheer somebody up at this point, because like I said, I can't tell you how grateful I am for this opportunity and to be able to pay it forward uh, makes me just as, uh, just even more happier there. Yeah. And that's a wonderful gesture. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people out there who Star Wars is a huge part of their life. And, you know, to your point about the fans, I mean, I think that there are the vocal minorities at, at different ends of the spectrum, but I would say overall, at least my experience with doing the podcasting and uh, just experience with over my lifetime with the films and everything uh, is that most people, you know, are just going out there to have a good time and uh, enjoy the escapism that these movies bring. And uh, certainly to, to have a piece of that uh, in your, in your professional profile now is going to be uh, pretty incredible. Uh, very excited. It, it's in a it's in a category all of its own, and uh, I, I look forward to going back to the legi the legitimate uh, theatrical career in terms of a lot of these modern day crime dramas, which I normally play. Uh, but this is always going to be have a special place in my heart, and I look forward to hopefully branding this character, and hopefully he'll be up there in the in the ranks of Dengar and Bosk uh, shortly enough. We'll see what happens. Excellent. And uh, I do want to point out, uh, I believe you also have a, a series coming up on Fox called Deputy that you're going to be playing in as well? That is correct. It's a guest star that will open the show and that it will air on January 30th, starring Stephen Dorff. Uh, and uh, it takes uh, it deals with the uh, Los Angeles De uh, Police Department and some issues within the uh, department there. Uh, and I open up that show and that will be uh, January 30th. So uh, definitely keep an eye out as well as starring in the uh, feature film Anonymous Killers, uh, which should be um, on VOD, available on VOD on the uh, first half of the year next year. I star as Romero Scarinelli in this amazing sociological thriller. So thank you for your support on that as well. Yeah, for sure. want to make sure that people can get out there and find you and get to get to see a little bit more of uh, who you are as a, an actor as well. Um, you did mention that you were starting to book up some of the Comic-Cons and things like that. Do you have any any dates or any of those that you're going to uh, that you can announce at this point? Absolutely. Uh, it's November 30th. I'll be heading to London for this Croydon charity uh, convention. And then we are going to Stockton, California on January 20th. We will be there signing. That will be our first American Comic-Con. Thank you to everyone uh, for their support there. The final weekend, uh, February, we'll be in Pensacon uh, for the Pensacola uh, Comic-Con. And then also we will be heading to Brussels. Uh, I've never been there wow. in February. Uh, for another convention in Europe. So I plan to travel the world. I told them, uh, you know, whatever you have right now, I'm just so honored to be a part of the Star Wars community. Uh, so definitely uh, stay tuned. Feel free to um, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, uh, and I'll certainly post the updates. It would be great to meet everyone.
Terrific. Yeah. And I know that we've talked a little bit about that. Hopefully uh, you're going to make it out to Michigan again at some point. I know at some point I'm going to make it out to California where you're at. Uh, so we will definitely find a time to get together. And uh, I just cannot uh, express how the merchandise that you have got out there. Uh, I've seen photos of some of the stuff and it is just, it's really quality stuff. Uh, and like we said, it's a character that I think anyone would be happy to have uh, pinned up to their wall as well. If you're a Star Wars fan, it's going to fit right in with the rest of your bounty hunter gear. So uh, certainly look look for Dominic. Uh, like I said, I'll post this stuff online and uh, hopefully some folks will be able to get a chance to meet up with you at some of these conventions you're going to be working. That would be outstanding. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everyone's support. Yep, terrific. And uh, I think that'll wrap it for us. Uh, we will go ahead and uh, post all the information that we talked about on our social media and uh, certainly follow Dominic out on uh, Facebook and Twitter. We'll put links to that as well. Are you interested in taking a trip to the planet of Batuu in the ultra-immersive world of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at either the Walt Disney World Resort or the Disneyland Resort? If so, the one thing that I can tell you from personal experience is that planning any Disney vacation can be completely overwhelming. That's why you need the expert planning services of Casey Lucas and Lucas Family Travel. Casey can help you to select the perfect resort, book your fast passes, your dining reservations, including those hard-to-get Oga's Cantina reservations, and even recommend the perfect time to visit based on the historical crowd levels. And the best part is that all of these services are completely free to you and included as part of your Disney vacation package. So visit lucasfamilytravel.com today to book your vacation package and enter the promo code JTA podcast in the comments to receive a free gift with your booking. Again, that's L-U-C-A-S familytravel.com to book your trip today. And as they say on Batu, may the spires keep you. So thanks again to Lucas Family Travel for sponsoring this podcast. Definitely give them a shout if you are looking to go to the Walt Disney World or the Disneyland Resort. And uh, especially if you want to experience Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, that is going to be something where you're really going to want to have those reservations lined up ahead of time so that you can make sure that you have access to all of that awesome content. But uh, we are going to go ahead and turn our attention now to the 2019 Grand Rapids Comic Con review. Uh, I was able to attend this past weekend uh, with my wife and and son and uh, it was really a great event. Um, it was the first time I've actually been to Grand Rapids Comic Con, uh, but in regards to Star Wars content, they did have uh, members of the 501st, the Mandalorian Mercenaries, and the Rebel Legion, as well as the Droid Builders uh, on hand. All of them were just absolutely wonderful, spent quite a bit of time talking to each of them, and uh, obviously for those of you who listened to our episode last week on the 501st, you're going to be familiar with them. Uh, we are going to do episodes in the future about both the Mandalorian and mercenaries, as well as the Rebel Legion, to give you a little bit more of an idea in terms of what those fan costuming groups are like and, and the things that they offer in regards to uh, you know the charity work that they do. There's also, as I mentioned, the droid builders. Uh, they build exact replicas of all of the various droids you'll see in Star Wars. Uh, I'm going to post some photos out on our on our social media. They did have R2D2 units, which were of course amazing. Uh, 
not. They had a, cho- a version of Chopper, which you're going to be familiar with if you've watched Star Wars Rebels, as well as Dio uh, from the new Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker film and BD-1 from the Jedi Fallen Order video game that's coming out later this week. So really a great time uh, talking with all of them. And uh, I do have, uh, as I said, the droid builders and the Mandalorian mercenaries are, are going to be uh, reaching out to me in terms of the times when we can get together and talk about their organization. So beyond that, there were a number of Star Wars related guests. Uh, first and foremost, Paul Blake, who played, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Greedo in the original Star Wars film. Uh, I did not make it to his panel, but I did get a chance to stop and talk to him a little bit before the event occurred. And just an incredibly uh, wonderful man, uh, very generous with his time and a true pleasure to speak with. Uh, but the the big person that I did get to spend some time with and who was incredibly gracious was Tom Kane. Um, and as I mentioned before, he is the voice of the animated Master Yoda. He was the voice of Admiral Ackbar. Uh, and I'm going to be posting some video later about uh, kind of how his interview went with the, uh, the MC on the main stage. And uh, we did get a, a chance to ask him a quick question at the end about whether he would be interested in voicing Aftab Akbar, uh, who is Admiral Akbar's son, if he were to have a role within uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. And uh, his interest, his his answer to that was pretty amusing. Uh, certainly beating around the bush a little bit. Um, clearly couldn't say much, uh, but I would not at all be surprised to see him uh, taking on that role within The Rise of Skywalker. So. Uh, Tom was also very generous in the sense that uh, I, I did ask if he'd be willing to record some intros for the podcast, and uh, he was willing to do that. So look for some intros from him for our podcast coming in the future. And finally, uh, we d- I did get a chance to sit on in on the panel with uh, Timothy Zahn, and I- I've long been a fan of Timothy Zahn. Uh, his, his writing, uh, really the Heir to the Empire trilogy, uh, which came out, I believe it was 1991, um, was, you know, one of those things that for Star Wars fans, after the films had come out, the original trilogy films, it was one of those things that kind of bridged the gap, uh, until we got to the special editions and then later the, the prequel films where there was just not a lot of, uh, Star Wars content that was out there. And those books were, you know, kind of a, a bright light in a very dark time for Star Wars fans. So, uh, not to mention if you've listened to our Thrawn episode, and I certainly recommend you do that if you are at all interested in that character. Uh, he's just an incredible character, very well written, and uh, one of the great things about the reset that happened when Disney took over the Star Wars universe. Uh, in regards to the expanded universe kind of being put into legends is that it gave us another chance to see Thrawn and for him to live on within the Star Wars universe. So uh, definitely very excited to get a chance to meet him. He did sign a, a copy of the new Thrawn treason book that just had recently come out a few months ago. So uh, thank you so much to Timothy Zahn. Uh, truly a pleasure meeting him, and we just had a great time. So uh, that was pretty much it for the Star Wars content at Comic-Con. We did sponsor the swag bag this year. So uh, if you attended Star Wars, uh, sorry, if you attended Grand Rapids Comic-Con, uh, you should have gotten one of our cards in your bag and uh, really hope that that was a great way for you to find our podcast and that you enjoy listening to us. So uh, with that being said, uh, you know, it's it's just going to be exciting to see kind of how the podcast progresses and, and what kind of additional listenership we get based out of that. Uh, and speaking of listeners, I do want to take a quick moment here to give a shout out to our listeners in Prague. Um, 
and obviously international listeners of any kind are always exciting, but uh, the, the, our listeners in Prague are actually uh, listening to the last episode of the podcast more than people in my own hometown. So huge shout out to our international listeners and especially those of you listening in Prague. Uh, very cool to see that on our podcast statistics. And the final thing that I'm going to put out there for this week is that uh, Dominic Pace, you know, our guest from this episode, was kind enough to provide us with a couple of autographed photos. I will put pictures of that on our social media as well. And if you would like a chance to win one of those, definitely make sure that you follow us. Uh, I'm going to put a post out on Twitter uh, that hopefully, uh, and Facebook and Instagram. So if you go ahead and like and respond to that with your uh with your username on any of those services, I will enter you in the drawing. We do have two signed uh, photos from Dominic and you will have a chance to win those. We will have that drawing uh, at the end of November here. So really looking forward to uh, seeing who gets entered for that. Um, for those of you who are interested in checking us out in person, uh, it has been out on social media quite a bit, but the Scarif podcast and WSTR media um, and Todd from WSTR Media, who was on uh, last week for our 501st episode, are going to be doing a live event in Chicago on Sunday, November 17th from 3 to 5 p.m. at Alley Cat Comics. And uh, I am going to be joining them for that event. So uh, definitely look us up. If you can't be there in person, I will make sure to post the link. We're going to be doing a YouTube live stream. Uh, we have Yoshi Vu, one of the, the graphic designers from ILM, who's going to be there. Uh, the 501st is going to be there. And uh, we're going to have some cool giveaways at that event as well. So definitely look for us at that event. And very much looking forward to hopefully meeting some of our fans in person. So uh, with that being said, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so. Uh, reach us at jtapodcast at gmail.com or on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest at JTA Podcast. So uh, you guys have a wonderful day, uh, a wonderful week, and we look forward to bringing you another great show next week. And uh, in the interim, we'll be bringing you that live event on the 17th. So thank you so much, and may the force be with you. Thank you.